Welcome to the business and financial advice show, Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly. Brought to you by Mega, the monthly entrepreneur growth academy. Your very own group of professional peers offering instant tips, training, and business networking. Learn how to have more time and increase your income by joining Mega today. And now, it's time to get your business momentum in action. If you own a business, you know that social media can be a very powerful marketing tool. Think back to the days of door-to-door -door salesmen making cold calls. A person had to be able to take rejection many times per day. Today, with the advent of social media, we can reach hundreds, if not thousands, of targeted prospects in a single post. I'm Scott Card, producer of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly with Nancy Becker. On today's episode, Nancy and her guest, Petra Fisher, will be discussing the benefits of LinkedIn, a social media site for business owners and professionals and colleagues alike. Petra will explain that creating the right profile is your most important first step. Further on into the show, Nancy and Petra discuss insightful help on the various tools LinkedIn has that can be utilized for building solid business-to-business -business relationships. Let's join our host of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, Nancy Becker, and her guest, Petra Fisher. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, which is a show by business owners for business owners sharing their go-to tips and strategies that they use on a daily basis to run their businesses more effectively. This is to help you guys get your aha moments and know that these same strategies might help you too. So listen in as today we talk with Petra Fisher. She's a bright old fuddy-duddy who claims to know shitloads about LinkedIn. She says she can help global entrepreneurs attract clients. It's the first thing I read on Petra Fisher's LinkedIn profile. Petra lives with her big fat red cat, Bluey, which I have to ask about, <laughs> and teenage daughter who thinks most of Petra's brilliant jokes are quite dumb. When not working or reading books, she's either walking, sleeping, or doing crochet. Petra helps entrepreneurs around the globe find not just any old client, but the most fun, brilliant, motivated client. Your LinkedIn presence must filter out crap clients and attract the right clients, she says. Welcome, Petra. <laughs> Thank you, Nancy. You said that more beautiful than I could have. And I think it matches your don't wait till the pigs fly. We seem to have something in common there. I think so, too. And interestingly, I have been doing a lot of work with my LinkedIn profile recently and finding it's really interesting. And I've got a question to ask you that's actually not on our list of questions. So I'm going to throw one at you, just sight unseen, so to say. But it's, I love that. It's something I've been noticing for myself recently. One of the things that I've been doing is 
I have almost 4,000 people on my connections list. And a lot of them, and I pride myself first and foremost of knowing everybody that I'm connected to. And while I know 4,000 people is a little bit much to know, I, would, I try to at least know something about each one of the people. So I've been reaching out to people that have been on my lists for a long time that I know nothing about. And I've, and I've been saying, hi, you know, we're friends on here. Let's get to really be friends. What is it you do? Tell me about you. Okay. I'm getting absolutely zero. True. And, you know, I'm going, and, and I'm doing the same thing on Facebook. And I'm mm -hmm. getting lots and lots and lots of people commenting. Yep. What's the difference? What do you need to do to actually connect with people on LinkedIn? I love this question. And um, like you said, on Facebook, you things work that may not work on LinkedIn and the other way around. Mm -hmm. Facebook tends to be, even when used for business, a lot more casual, a lot more chatty because historically we're only used to use it privately and for fun. And then slowly it's gone into business a bit more. So people are way more in a chatty mode. On LinkedIn, although I strongly encourage talking to your network and getting to know them, if you sort of miss the boat when you first connected and you haven't sort of talked to each other and then reach out later, people are a little bit guarded, you know, especially um, when, like us when we're entrepreneurs. They're still a bit worried that, yeah, you seem interested now, but if I answer you, next might be a sales pitch. So that is tricky. Um, I always recommend whenever you connect to someone, either you invited them and they accepted or they invited you and you accepted, to always message them straight away. No sales bits, nothing, um, but just, hello, thanks for, you know, joining my network or accepting me into your network um, and say something nice. The style depends. My message because I do copy paste. I, I start with two or three lines specifically for that person and then I do have a copy paste. I don't use third-party tools for automation because that's illegal on LinkedIn, but you know, a manual copy paste. And my message is quite long. You know, it goes like, thanks for connecting. Um, love to know my network. Love to know what you're hoping to get out of LinkedIn, blah, 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 blah. Um, Here's some of my free resources you might be interested in, etc. In the early days, one of my very well-meaning friends told me that message had to be like a quarter of it because no one in their right mind was ever going to read that. And, and especially men. Men were never going to read it. Well, I proved him wrong. As long as your message... Um, matches you and your personality it's genuine and i'm quite talkative so i'm not going to be short and snappy i get a lot of good responses on it some people a bit more new to social media might not realize it's a copy paste you know sometimes i feel a little bit guilty because they really go like oh thank you so much for that very warm welcome and all these brilliant resources blah 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 but then again i do give them a warm welcome i do give them free resources 
anyone that responds back, I get back at least once more. You know, at some stage you have to stop because you could sit there all day. And especially with the automated replies, you know, I click awesome, you click cool, etc. But it's early on establishing relationships. Other little things, we get a lot of notifications from LinkedIn. So if LinkedIn says someone has a birthday, send them congratulations, not the default from LinkedIn. But, you know, sometimes people get annoyed with it. And I'm thinking, well, you don't have to fill out your birthday on your LinkedIn profile. So if you have a bit of a nicer message, um, people appreciate that. Same if they have a new job, although you have to be careful with that. So I tend to ask, like, hey, LinkedIn tells me I have a new job. Um, this is a little bit tricky. Did you just update your profile? Or if it's for real, congratulations. You know, there's all these little conversation starters that LinkedIn triggers you to. And the other thing is, if in your case, you, you know, a bit further down the line, you decide to read out to people in your network that you haven't been in touch with, for a while or maybe never because at first the LinkedIn strategy didn't include that much activity. If people don't reply, that is also an answer, isn't it? Those people may have connected for whatever reason and either maybe scared you can sell them something or they're just not active on LinkedIn. So I would definitely keep it up, you know, and, and more so with new connections, but also, yeah, every once in a while, go through your connections and reach out to someone, but definitely look, use all the little prompts LinkedIn gives you because that's not as out of the blue to the person receiving your message. Perfect. That's, you know, that's really sort of the way I felt about it. And I think another thing with LinkedIn that's not so much true with, with other social medias is people don't necessarily, I live on Facebook. You know, I open Facebook when I get on the computer in the morning and it goes off when I close my computer down at night. I don't think people get on LinkedIn as often. Do they? That's no, it's it's used differently. Absolutely. I saw some stats recently and the amount of time spend the day on LinkedIn. Um, now, for those listening to this podcast, you got to use your imagination a little bit. You're looking at this little infographic and the amount of time spent on LinkedIn uh, would be as long as your index finger and then the amount or on Facebook and the amount of time spent on LinkedIn would be about your pinky nail, you know, to, to see that difference. Um, but this also means it's less targeted because on Facebook, there's people that are purely there for fun, seeing what their friends are up to. And there's people that might be um, in our interest as business owners and on LinkedIn, people are there more with a focus. So if you catch their attention, it's a lot more, um, targeted than on Facebook. So that's a bit of the opposite. It's changing. I've seen some terrible memes and silly math problems on LinkedIn. <laughs> you know, <those> too. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but it's not, we've, well, not we, it's not me, but LinkedIn now has 610 million members and still growing. So, it makes sense that that also means if there's, if it grows this big, then you get all sorts of people and they approach all sorts of attitudes. And I have to say, to a point I advocate that, not the cat memes, but 
to be more casual. I am not going to change my tone of voice between Facebook, LinkedIn, and real life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, because I think, especially for business purposes, people want to know who you are. Yes. You know, and and I'm like you. I'm I'm what you see, what you hear is what I am. And I mean, yeah, I, I have a PhD. I have written, I've been published, and I am not gonna talk like that on you know LinkedIn because that's not me. <laughs> you know I'm I'm gonna make people laugh. I'm going to try to to show them the knowledge that they need while still letting them know that business can be fun. You know? Yeah. And I think when you read out my bio, the first bit um, that you read out, is actually my LinkedIn headline. And, you know, it talks about this old funny guy that claims to know shit loads about LinkedIn. Now, truth be told, sometimes I can be a tiny little bit ignorant. So I didn't even consider shit loads of swear work because I thought swear words had to do with religion or start with F. But <laughs> some people took offense and some people really bother to either private message me or one person there was, because you can see it when you comment. So someone went to really lecture me publicly and saying about how um, your headline is so important. It's the first thing people see. And by using the F word, um, I would deter people and they would never ever come to my profile and I would lose a lot of business over it. And I just thanked him. I said, you've exactly made my point. My LinkedIn profile acts as a filter. There's people that would love to work with me mm -hmm. and there's people who would absolutely hate working with me. And I'm not saying everybody should use, which I've now learned to be swear words in their profile, but add some personality because there's nothing worse than having a call with a prospective client and, you know, you spend half an hour on the phone with them, you may have spent time preparing, and then you realize, look, this is never, ever going to work, you know, or they realize that you face it all that time. Why not send them running before they wasted their time reading your profile and you wasted your time um, yeah, figuring out if your services are any use for them because your services might be of use. But if your personality isn't, then they're not going to get the results that you want to offer your clients. Yeah, exactly what I was just going to say. I mean, it's not all about wanting them to work with you. You have to, heaven forbid, you have to like who you're working with as well. Oh, yes. You know, Otherwise, it, you might as well go back working for a boss. Yep, exactly. And, and, you know, I get so, and we're getting a little bit off the topic of LinkedIn, but I get so frustrated when I ask people, well, who do you work with? Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. well, anybody. There's a woman that story's been going around that she's a dermatologist or she's a cosmetician or something. I don't remember what she is. But when asked who her client is, her answer was anyone with skin. Yep. And, and I'm just going, number one, I'm allergic to everything under the sun. And if anything's got any sort of a scent in it, I can't do it. So 
I've got skin. I mean, I think I have skin, you know, but yeah. I'm not going to be a, you know, I'm not going to be a perfect client for that person. And I think it makes a lot of sense to do that through your profile in exactly the way you did it. It saves a lot of time. It saves frustration, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so there's more to it. Um, and I'm really glad you brought this example up because no, not everybody is your client because I can understand if you're doing some dermatologist kind of stuff, there's locality to consider. You could have LinkedIn connections all over the world. So make it clear in your headline that you work with clients. You know, some people even put um, in a 50 mile radius of this area or whatnot. You have very clearly, I help service entrepreneurs especially dog walkers and photographers, land clients and make money as quickly as possible. So I like this because I'm an entrepreneur, so I could consider like, oh, I want to make money more quickly. Let's hire Nancy. But if I was a dog walker or a photographer, I would be even more attracted. So that was a really good, I really like your headline because it's very clear. You're listening to the Business and Financial Advice Show, Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, with your host, Nancy Becker. There's lots more to come. Nancy and her guest will be right back. Hey, you ready to go shopping? Sure, just let me go to the backyard and pick some $20 bills off the money tree. Oh, grab a few for me. A money tree? Hey, you ready to go shopping? I can't afford it. Really? How's your business coming along? Good, but sales could be better. And with all the expenses. You should join the Fast Track. Fast Track? It's the Fast Track Your Cash program. It gives you just the right momentum you need to boost your personal business. The Fast Track Your Cash program is professionally designed to target customers specifically tailored to your business, increasing your revenue. It can happen faster than you think. Feel more empowered with your own unique steps to give you back your time while making your business grow fast. Visit us right now at businesssuccessunlimited.com. Businesssuccessunlimited.com. Fast Track Your Cash, I'm joining today. Do you feel frustrated, disconnected, or unfulfilled in your relationship? If you said yes, you're not alone. Hi, I'm Anza Goodbar, intimacy coach and sex educator. Nearly 70% of all couples in the U.S. claim to be dissatisfied with their relationship. But the good news is, you don't have to be. If you're ready to open your heart to feel more connected to life, yourself, and your partner, join me and five couples at the Intrinsically Intimate Couples Retreat in Barbados. You can find out more details at www.anzagoodbar.com backslash retreats. What does business success look like to you? What does business success feel like to you? What stands between you and that feeling? Business success is all about momentum. Mega, the monthly entrepreneur growth academy, will help you focus on the right things and start building that momentum. The Mega Group is a network of dedicated professionals. They provide focused training and excellent support as only a personal advisory group can. Learn tips, strategies, and valuable insights to unleash your productivity. 
isn't it time to stop spinning your wheels? Go to don'twaittillpigsfly.com and join the mega group today. Let's rejoin our host of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, Nancy Becker. In my headline, although it starts off with a silly bit or a personality bit, then says, claims he can help global entrepreneurs get clients. And I feel in your LinkedIn headline, you should always state, especially as um, small businesses, what you do and whom you do it for. And ideally, also something about location, like um, I work online, I work through Zoom, like we're talking now. So for me, it's globally. Some people have a very location-based business. Then you mentioned that. But always be very clear right in that very beginning. And like, if you know, people, if you're listening to this, go and see Nancy's profile on LinkedIn. Of course, it's looking pretty good. The banner, the banner on the top, you know, you've utilized that so well because you've put another message in there and, you know, ready to create the business you have been designing. You had, don't wait till pigs fly. I mean, so it addresses, you know, what I'll say to address the pain point, but it also shows a lot of personality. Like, you know, don't wait till pigs fly will immediately tell me, Yes, I want to work with you and I will have other people that are not even going to read your profile. And I think that's important that first impression needs to be, and that's your banner, your profile picture and your headline. They need to be very clear about what you do and whom for, but they also need to have a bit of personality in there so that some people that are not the right fit they just can move on and find the right fits for them. Well, and, and I think, you know, continuing to talk about the personality and trying to find the right client and things. I listen to my podcasts and I get a lot of people who are coming to me asking to be a part of the podcast because they love the style. They love the communication. We're having yeah. a conversation. We're laughing. We're but not all people want that. You know, some people mm -hmm. want, I just want point A, B, C, and D. And if you're not going to yep. do that, then I'm not going to listen to your podcast. Well, I don't want you wasting your time. You know, it yep. doesn't do me any good. It doesn't do them any good. So move on. So I think Absolutely. that when you share your personality right up front, Mm -hmm. It gives people the opportunity to say, oh, I want to hear more. This sounds like a lot of fun, and, and I yeah. think I'm going to learn something, or nah, I'm not going to bother. And that's it, because there's too many people out there to be your clients, so you might as well be picky. Yeah, absolutely. There's, and, it's, and it's interesting. I, I actually got a call from someone yesterday who – I just told you, I've been going through and sending out these, you know, high messages. Let's get to know each other better. And I got this call from someone who said they'd seen me on LinkedIn and they wanted to talk about business. So I assumed it was somebody I had sent one of these messages to. Mm -hmm. So I took the call and the woman gets on and she said, 
I saw your page. I saw your profile. I loved it. I want to know more about what you do. I, the pinks, you know, the pigs are just great. I think it's super. She hadn't yeah. been one of the people that got my, my note. She'd just been surfing, you know, the LinkedIn and saw the saw the page and and I got a new client out of it so you yeah, know it's, for you. it's really exciting but that actually brings me to my next topic that I want to talk about because this is another place where I have difficulties and if I have difficulties I'm sure other people do as well and that is when I want to look for someone specific mm-hmm and I'm looking, I'm not just looking in general across LinkedIn. I'm looking in my connections, my first and second level connections. First of all, there seems to be um, an argument or a, a discussion by some people who say that they are LinkedIn experts on whether you use your first level or your second level connections for contacting. So that's one question, which is better or is there? And then the second one is how do, if I'm, say I'm looking for dog walkers, okay, mm -hmm. in my connections, but I'm looking for dog walkers in Michigan. That can become a bit difficult unless they've actually gone. For a while, it was great. I could do searches and I could do all sorts of things. And then all of a sudden, it became very, very difficult to do any sort of searches by really by much of a location. How do, how do you do advanced searches? so that you get good results from it. Yeah. So um, to come back to that first question, um, you know, who to reach out to first or second degree. So that's interesting because I haven't heard much debate about it. I would never just reach out to second degree because you're not actually connected to them, you know. Mm -hmm. They don't know you from a bar of soap. Um, I do... So, I do say if you're active on LinkedIn and people comment on your post, I would reach out to them and thank them, you know, for engaging with your post and that LinkedIn is all about network building and relationship building. So since I took that first step, would they like to connect? Um, also, if there's someone I would really like to connect with for some reason. So in your case, you know, if you um, did a search for dog walkers in Michigan, I would always reach out to the second degree people first because it, it feels more like they already know you because they're only one step away from you through someone else. Mm -hmm. So there's a few things there. Um, as for a search, so with LinkedIn, you have the, the search box up the top. And we can use in there uh, people that are as old as me and maybe you might remember the early days when we first had um, search engines or I still remember the first time I saw internet. So it just had one search box. Nowadays, if you go to Google, you can click on advanced and you can say, use all of these words, exclude these words, etc. Before Google offered that, we had to use what was called Boolean expressions. 
Mm-hmm. And we can use them on LinkedIn as well. So I just in the search box type dog walker in quotation marks. So that at least I know it's only going to look for that phrase and not put them separately. Then um, I click plus on Michigan. Would you put? Sorry. Plus Michigan. Would you? No. Put? What I did, I just then click all filters and where it says locations, I typed in Michigan. Okay. So that gave me 217 results. Um, but then, you know, LinkedIn suggests, hey, if you look for dog walker, you might also want to look for a dog walking or pet sitter or, you know, so it gives you a few other options. Um, so LinkedIn has quite a few filters if you click on all filters because you can filter if you get tremendous results you know if you have thousands i would narrow it down to second degree connections because they're quicker to accept you you can um filter by location and a tricky bit with these filters if you're new to them is they give you five options or so it seems it's just to give you either the last five you've used or five dating might be relevant for you but you can type anything in that location box um so it also gives us filters for um, oh, half the filters have gone today. But generally, you can filter for industry. You can filter for current company. But I would always start in that search box with a Boolean expression. So we could even say dog walker or dog sitter, because dog sitters have to walk the dog as well, don't they? Right. Um, just a thought. See, and that gives me different results. So LinkedIn does have, um, yeah, so the filters they have is connections, first, second, third degree. You can also search specifically by connections of a particular person. So there's a box in the filters. If I only wanted to search for people that are connected to you, I'll type your name in there. Now, obviously, if you have major settings that your network is private, I cannot search it because that would not be right. You can add in locations, current companies, past companies, industries, profile language, school, if you want to look for alumni, um, first name, last name, title, etc. So these fields are already there. So in your first search, instead of just a plain keyword, Play a little bit around with the Boolean expressions and for people who are not familiar with them, just type them into Google. It's B-O-O-L-E-A-N expression because um, that says a lot of time in this podcast if we don't have to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Um, these are all things that if you have a free account, you can do? Yes, these are all in the free account. What is the benefit of a, because I know it's expensive for a lot of people. What's the benefit of having a paid account over having a free account? Yes, good question. Usually when people ask me, I uh, ask them some questions first to determine how they're using LinkedIn. Because one of the benefits is if you want to know who's been viewing your profile, on a free account, you can see the last five people. On a paid account, you can see everybody from the last 90 days. Hmm. But 
if you look at those last five people that viewed your profile and don't do anything with this information, these insights, then why would you pay to have, you know, that much more? Mm-hmm. Same with searches. Um, you can do more searches because LinkedIn, the free account, has what they call a commercial search limit, which means if you do an X number of searches a month, and they're not going to tell us the number, (laughs) but if you do an X number of searches a month on a free account, you will get a message that you have reached the commercial search limit, that you can no longer search, and that it will be reset on the first of the next month. I come across, across a lot of people who get very upset about this, but I think it's only fair. If you're using it that commercially, pay then for it. <laughs> you might have to pay for it. Um, yeah. There's ways around it because if you log out of LinkedIn and just do a search in Google, LinkedIn profiles still show up and you can be even more specific, you know, type site, colon, LinkedIn.com, space, etc. Um, but then you only get to see what's called the public profile, which, if you're listening to us, here's a brilliant tip. Make sure you go into that public profile of your LinkedIn. It's sort of top right. You get there and make everything as visible as possible because there are people that want to do humongous amounts of searches on a free account. So they will do it outside of LinkedIn. And if you're in there, you know, if you need to be found by them because it's also recruiters, then you want your public profile to be as visible as possible. Hey, you ready to go shopping? Sure, just let me go to the backyard and pick some $20 bills off the money tree. Oh, grab a few for me. A money tree? Hey, you ready to go shopping? I can't afford it. Really? How's your business coming along? Good, but sales could be better, and with all the expenses. You should join the Fast Track. Fast Track? It's the Fast Track Your Cash program. It gives you just the right momentum you need to boost your personal business. The Fast Track Your Cash program is professionally designed to target customers specifically tailored to your business, increasing your revenue. It can happen faster than you think. Feel more empowered with your own unique steps to give you back your time while making your business grow fast. Visit us right now at businesssuccessunlimited.com. Businesssuccessunlimited.com. Fast Track Your Cash. I'm joining today. They're big, they're shy, they're invisible, and they fly. They're always late, they never arrive. Don't wait till pigs fly. Get your business momentum in action. Let's rejoin our host of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, Nancy Becker. Why would anyone want to have a private profile? That that seems like it would be defeating the purpose. <laughs> Well, see, your normal profile um, on LinkedIn as well as LinkedIn is not private. Some people hide their last name or make their profile picture only visible to their connections. And I think, yeah, once I'm connected to you, I know what you look like. I don't need it anymore. But there's always some hesitancy about internet and privacy. And I just think, well, internet and privacy don't go together. It just doesn't exist, period. So, and on LinkedIn, you're not posting pictures of your children. 
You know, it's all mm. business. It's all work. So you shouldn't really have something to hide. Um, occasionally people have good reason, but generally, because, you know, stalkers know how to use LinkedIn as well. Sometimes there's a good reason. But a lot of people aren't aware of the public profile that such a thing exists because it's sort of only what people get to see when they're not logged on to LinkedIn. So, you know, and it's almost like, well, I don't know what this is, so I better be safe and not touch it. Well, and, and that brings up another thought to me. There's, there's actually a couple of things that I'm thinking. I will not, if I am doing searches and I am looking for people, I do not want to connect with someone who doesn't have a profile picture. I, you know, it just feels like to me that there's, you know, if they don't want to know, want me to know who they are, why should I want to work with them? Yeah, and this is true, you know. I always say you don't walk into a networking event with a brown paper bag over your head. But sometimes it's pure innocence. People are new, they're a little bit scared, they don't know how it all works, they don't know what's going to happen. So to be on the safe side, they click this thing that says that the profile picture is only visible to their connections. You know, because we used on, on Facebook that we got to be careful that not the whole world sees what we post. So sometimes it's purely innocent. So, you know, if it's a total stranger, yeah, it makes me hesitant as well. But if it's someone I've met at a networking event or someone that reaches out to me because they read one of my posts, I might be a bit more lenient and say, hey, do you are you aware that your face isn't showing so people don't know? if it's really you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we've got to remember that, yeah, not everybody understands all the ins and outs as well, or they may not have had at the beginning and they've never changed it because if they do have a picture but just, you know, don't have the visibility set that way, then they might not be aware of that because whenever mm. they log on to LinkedIn, they see their own face. So they don't realize there's something missing. True. And that's why they need to use you. <laughs> so you, yeah. can, you can get them on the street, but you're going on with the pictures. It's really, it's kind of a funny story. My husband is um, head of security for a large retail, multi-state retail organization here in, in the U S and he always is watching out for people who are stealing things from the store and all of that. Every single day when he has some sort of a problem, he jumps on Facebook and Googles the name. And sure enough, the idiots have posted, you know, that they just robbed the store or something, you know. Oh, my God. actually post that? Yes, they post those kinds of things. Yeah, you know. Don't they have so, their mom on LinkedIn. That's on Facebook. I, it's on Facebook. Yeah, or they will put up on my. You know, Facebook has Marketplace where you put up things for sale. Yeah. They, ten yeah. ten minutes after they've ripped off something from the store, it's up on Marketplace for them trying to sell it. Goodness. It's crazy. So, you know, I guess there is a little bit to be said for being a bit cautious about what you put out there. Yeah. <laughs> you, know. you know, I've heard the classic of people calling in sick for work and then um, 
posting on Facebook about the hangover they had, but mm-hmm. this yeah. takes it to the next level, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's amazing. So anyway, I'm going to jump way back into the conversation that sure. we've been having and something that you said that caught my interest and I'm just Ooh. now getting around to it. Um, I'm in a group that was talking the other day about using duck soup. Duck right. soup being one of those third-party software. Mm-hmm that allow you to connect and send out canned messages to people on LinkedIn. You said something early on about those kinds of software being illegal? Yes. So the thing what happens, any account we make on LinkedIn, um, we get this thing to agree to the terms and conditions and we just, scroll as fast as we can to the bottom to hit that agree button without reading them. So that happens for people setting up a LinkedIn account as well. They don't read the terms and conditions. And the terms and conditions state very clearly that you are, cannot use third-party applications um, on LinkedIn. And sometimes they do searches for it. They can detect it, you know, because DocSoup and a lot of those other ones, they're Chrome extensions and they're quite easy to detect. And they've just got people on it or well software bots whatever to detect that which doesn't mean everybody's going to get caught obviously but if you do you get some nasty warning from them and you're going to be really careful with it because I know in the past and now I'm going back like 10 years but one of my friend LinkedIn trainers who's in the US like you um, breached another part of the user agreement although I didn't think it was all that bad and without warning, her account got shut down for 30 days. Jeez. So it, it's, it's in the terms and conditions. It's spelled out. But, you know, um, yeah, who reads those? That's the responsibility. Yeah. Does that also go to something like Hootsuite and Buffer? I mean, those are third party, but they're totally a different. Yeah, no, they don't. Um, I've never heard that. These include um, that thing because it's not so much third party things interfering with LinkedIn, isn't it? Something like DuckSoup or similar apps, they're just scraping data from LinkedIn to then use. You know, in the old days, um, we could send a message on LinkedIn to 50 people at once Mm -hmm. and it would be like a blind CC. They didn't know Mm -hmm. it. Now, that got misused a lot. So, you know, because that just got used for um, mass mailing. So that's been scrapped. Now, if you want to send a message to more people, you suddenly start a group chat. So that's a whole different ballgame. What happens an awful lot is that people connect with you on LinkedIn and suddenly you're on their email list. Whereas, I don't know about everywhere in the world, but definitely in Europe with the DPDR, you're not allowed to add people without their permission. Um, there's something on your side of the world as well. Was it CAN or something else that regulates can, these things? can yeah. So thank goodness we can now in our settings tick a box that if people download their network, which you can, that at least your email doesn't get downloaded anymore so that people have to go through a lot more trouble and manually do it. It still happens. And I mean, I know it happens because 
I have one specific email address that I use for the newsletters I subscribe with. So whenever I get a newsletter on my um, company email address, I know I never subscribe to that newsletter. Very so, smart. Very smart. Yeah. So, so yeah, to answer your question, um, scheduling apps are not banned, but third party apps that are literally interfering with the data in LinkedIn, they're doing, automatic visiting profiles and hope that people then come and look back at you or automatic invites or private messaging, all those kind of things are against the terms and conditions and they do actively hunt for it. Now, I don't think they have the software to actively um, catch 610 million people at once, you know, so yeah, those people that get away with it, but I wouldn't risk I'll go, it. Down, I'll go delete duck soup right now. <laughs> <laughs> I won't use it. <laughs> like I said, I have some um, default messages I sometimes send people, but it's just a little bit of elbow grease, you know, it's control C, control V, and there you have it. So, yeah. And that is also one of the ways they can find it. Because if you send messages too quickly after each other, um, that's not physically possible. You know, yeah. and of course, these apps get smarter as well. So DuckSoup Duck has, you know, a few seconds between each profile visit or whatnot to try and get around that. But I wondered about that. I, I literally, after this conversation we were, I was having with this group the other day, I said, I've heard of this, but I don't know what it does. Let me download it and see. So I did. Yeah, sure. And I started it. And it sent out to about four people and I went, wait, 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 I don't like this. And I stopped it, but I saw, and I was trying to figure out why it was doing it. It would say in the message along the side of the page, you know, duck soup paused for two seconds. And then it would mm. send it to somebody else and then it would say duck soup paused for two seconds. And I'm going, what's the purpose of that? So now I know. Yeah, there you go. Learned something new today. One more question. We're we're running out of time, but I, I have one more question for you. Yeah, one of the one of the other things that I try to do is be a member of, and I'm very aware that I don't want to be considered as spamming. So I join groups that I think of are of interest to me, but also. Mm -hmm interest to people regarding me but I'll get in the groups I'll read the posts I'll comment on the posts I don't talk about my business unless I'm asked about my business you know and that's a lot of work I find luckily I have people working with me that are doing a lot of the, you know behind mm -hmm. the scenes hard work which gives me the the time to be on Facebook and LinkedIn all the time <laughs> but does it, first of all, does it make sense to be in a lot of groups? And two, does it also make sense to share posts and articles and videos and those kinds of things, not just on your profile page, but in other venues in LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. Great question, because groups are a funny thing on LinkedIn. Um, they're sort of dead. And I used to have a group on LinkedIn and I completely killed it three years ago and started a Facebook group to share LinkedIn tips. 
which, you know, has been, it's like nearly 10 times the size as that LinkedIn group ever became. The problem with LinkedIn groups is a few years ago, they made some changes and then administrators of groups didn't get all the notifications anymore that you used to get, which made it a lot easier for people to spam. Mm -hmm. And now a lot of times you go into a group, you see lots and lots of posts, people all posting their articles, their blog posts, their whatnot, and nobody comments on it and there's Absolutely. no engagement. So from that point of view, um, it's not so valuable of your time. Mm -hmm. There's another aspect of groups though, because we talked earlier about searches on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Now, when you or I conduct a search on LinkedIn, the results we're shown are not the results from the full database of 610 million people. The results we are shown come from our network. And our network consists of four aspects. Your connections, so those first degrees. Your second degree connections, so friends of friends. Third degree connections, so they're even one step further removed. And members of the same groups. Okay. So if you're a local business, I would always join the largest groups in your area, regardless of what topic they're on. Unless, of course, they're on um, killing dogs, because that would not be your topic of interest. But, you know, <laughs> generally, um, so if we can be a member of 50 groups, and I would seriously think about it. I looked the other day, because I went through all my groups just to see find the one to actually do have some engagement. And I just copied the links from the groups in an Excel spreadsheet so that I can quickly mm -hmm. visit those groups where some interaction is happening and, you know, mingle, so to speak. But it's good to be a member. So there's some groups that you're a member of for strategic regions. Like I said, if you have a local focus, then the largest groups in the area or broad focus, like for you and I, are clients are entrepreneurs. So some really large groups from entrepreneurs wherever. But sometimes you join a group for strategical reasons and it may not necessarily really fit your brand. So then once you've joined that group, you go into the group, into the settings, and there's a little box you can tick that means the group is not displayed on your profile. Ah, okay. Because, you know, LinkedIn is all about personal branding. So you want to stay on topic with everything that you do, the way you write the profile, what you comment on, what you share, what groups are visible on your profile, all these things you want it to be in line with each other, to make sense together. You're listening to the Business and Financial Advice Show. Don't wait till pigs fly with your host, Nancy Becker. There's lots more to come. Nancy and her guest will be right back. Radio and podcast shows are the fastest growing media of the decade. The better the sound, the better the impact you will have with your listeners. Hi, I'm Scott. I'm a producer editor for radio and podcasts. If you have your own podcast, I can help with editing, improved audio quality, your own theme music, and intros and outros. Would you like a commercial for your small business? 
Connect with me for a sound approach to your podcasts and commercials. My email is scott at worldwithinreach.com. Scott at worldwithinreach.com. share <laughs> have we got three days left <laughs> uh, about 10 minutes <laughs> about 10 minutes okay because um, i mean i could talk about linkedin all day but i think a lot sort of going on from what i said is personal branding um what i see with a lot of people um i just happen to have your profile in front of me is that the further we scroll down the less information we see so um, let me see. I saw something here. Let me find it. I'm just gonna use you as an example. Oh dear. <laughs> okay. So here you were a member of some network, and your description of the work is helped with the creator of speakers and events. There's, I think, when you helped with creating those events. How did you do that? What skills did you use? Who did you work with? Think of the words that people associate with you now. The people, the words that people need to know you for now. Because keywords is a big thing. And in my book, keywords serve two purposes on LinkedIn. A, searches hopefully show up. But B, they trigger something in people's brain. Words that resonate with you. So you need to have them everywhere. And it is such an underused area when people don't write descriptions. And generally what I say to people is, okay, if you're looking for your next client in your current business, what does that client need to know about you and believe about you to, you know, trust enough to hire you? What skills, what experience, etc. And then you go back to your whole profile and focus on those things. For example, when I first started delivering um, team training in, in corporate organizations, I didn't have any background there. You know, my background is more social work and all those kind of stuff. So if I write on my LinkedIn profile that I worked in a shelter for women who suffered domestic violence, and I specifically write about what my responsibilities were there, that is true but it's not relevant. If I write a description about how I work with people from very diverse social and economic backgrounds, how I was able to quickly think on my feet when unexpected things happen, um, how I facilitated groups, how I coached and support, supported women in independent living skills, then I'm using all the words that are related to the work that I do now. And I'm not using those words just, but I'm also showing that even though I may have done something completely different in the past, everything I've done contributed mm -hmm. to who I am today as a trainer. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the whole value argument, you know, showing showing what values you bring to the table to share with yes. you're working with. Absolutely, that makes so much sense. And I think especially people that sort of be my last comment. I interrupted you. I'm so sorry. Um, okay. A lot of business owners, especially solo entrepreneurs, come from an employee career. Some of them have done something for so long and then decide to go out on their own and be a consultant and doing the exact same thing. Most of us tend to do something different than we did in our previous life. So then, especially if you're starting out or if you're in your first two or three years and you feel like, oh, I've only just started out, I have no experience, I have no background. Yes, you do. You just got to put your thinking cap on because everything you've done has contributed to what you're doing now. And I think that is really important for, for business people to put in their LinkedIn profile. If someone comes to you and says, Petra, I really love what you've been saying through this podcast. Uh, I want you to help me. Mm -hmm. What do you do with them? How, how do you create business for yourself with, with your clients? Yeah. Okay. So that's good. Um, how do I create business for myself is, and it's the same thing I teach my clients because I love being a training, a speaker, being in front of an audience by the same token. I am shy. I don't talk to people at networking events unless they talk to me. And I definitely do not do acquisition. That is way too scary. So I only get business through being extremely visible, extremely helpful, and adding value. I'm constantly sharing my knowledge because the knowledge is out there. You know, back in the day, we used to say um, knowledge is power. Well, it's not because we have Google. So yeah. there's no point keeping your knowledge to yourself. People are going to hire you because they don't want to figure it out themselves. When I work with people, um, so there's the free options, you know, they can go on my mail list and download my LinkedIn profile workbook, go to my website, that's all for free, or, you know, follow me on LinkedIn. But when I really sit down with an entrepreneur, that takes a fair bit of time because the first call I do, because we usually work through Zoom because my clients are all over the world, um, all I do is ask them questions for two hours. I ask them about everything they've ever done. I ask them about why did you, I said, I do a lot of why's. Why, 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 why? Why did you do this? What made you decide to do that? But also, what did you enjoy most? What did you achieve? How did you achieve it? I asked them for two hours straight and I write a lot of notes. Then we have a couple more sessions to, to get it, rewrite the profile. We hop on a call again. We have a Google Doc that we can both work in. So that, that's quite time consuming just for the profile. But then so many people have said to me, I came to you for a LinkedIn profile, but I have so much more clarity now. I can sell myself better, etc. With business owners, we go beyond that. We also have a look at the LinkedIn company page. We work on a strategy. So it's more like, who do you want to target? What do they need to know about you? What message do you want to get across? How can you do that? What should you post? Where should you comment on, etc. We work out a strategy. And then we usually have a couple more calls where I review their recent activity, like, what did you post? What did you do? And we talk about it. Generally, if people like something, I go like, why did you like that? Well, that's my cousin's husband. 
that's very nice of you to be supportive, but how does it support your brand? So keep those nice teeth to maybe one in 10. Or I say, why did you like that? They give me a brilliant answer. And I say, that would have been a comment instead of a like, because likes are nothing. In a comment, you can add your expertise. You can add value. Mm -hmm. So I've got these sort of extensive packages for entrepreneurs because I believe in hand-holding to a point, as in I want to give people an end result. I don't like telling them how to do it and then let them swim. So we sort of only did it at the end where they've been implemented and we still have feedback calls. So the in-between options are obviously the free workbook or I have an online course that is also very affordable, but of course, ask a lot more self-discipline and you don't have me to ask all the questions, and, you know, because I think that's one of the good things having this more social work background that I am very tuned into, okay, this is what you're saying, this is what I'm hearing, you know, and where we really go. I understand that too, because my background is psychology and sociology. Oh, there <laughs> so you go. I get exactly what you're saying. How does somebody get a hold of you? Okay, well, um, they can either find me on LinkedIn. You know, my name is Petra Fisher, and it's one of the crazy headlines that you read out. Or they can go to my website, which is petrafisher.com. Now, I am not German, so it's Fisher. There's no C in there. <laughs> it's just English spelling, F-I-S-H-E-R. Um, and it's .com because I work internationally. So I think those are the easiest way. Just find me on LinkedIn. If you would like to connect with me, send me a personal message. Say you heard me, you know, while you're watching the pigs fly and you're listening to us and all that kind of stuff. And then I know why you wanted to connect with me. All right. Wonderful. I thank you so much. This has been an absolutely fascinating conversation today. And I'm sure the listeners have gotten a lot of information out of it as well. Guys, listening to this, hopefully you've gotten a better knowledge and understanding of LinkedIn. Put these things into effect and see how it helps your business grow. You can hear this and all of the other episodes of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly on Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern at flyingpigs.podbean.com. Until we talk again, you know the words. Get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, y'all, and we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye. That's our show for today. We'd like to extend special thanks to our great guest, our sponsors, and our wonderful listeners. Today's show was produced by Scott Card. To find more of Nancy's podcasts and our sponsors, go to don'twaittillpigsfly.com. Don't wait till pigs fly.com.